Are you accepting it? No, of course no. not. Rubbish. The government is not accepting it. Welcome to Two Grumpy Hacks, the podcast. I'm Malcolm Farr, and of course, we're with Dennis Atkins. And this is the year of the fire hose of falsehood. Hello and welcome all. This is number 29. Two Grumpy Hacks podcast number 29 for the year. And um, the year just keeps getting stranger. Dennis, one thing that, um, that attracted my curiosity was last week, we're recording this on Monday, last week, uh, Anthony Albanese didn't join the pylon that occurred after it was revealed that Scott Morrison had uh, zipped home for Father's Day with his family and then zipped back to Canberra, spending some $6,000 on a VIP flight to do it. There was some uh, uh, outrage within the ALP, but not from Anthony Albanese. Now, there might be the old adage in politics, uh, why keep a dog and, and bark yourself? So why would uh, the party leader uh, join the barking when he could uh, stand somewhat aloof from it all as uh, you know the mature figure while others uh, went yapping on? But I think there must be something more to it than that. Why do you think? Anthony Albanese was so restrained. Well, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, I, it, it, it appeared a bit strange because, you know, if there's one thing people don't like, and they particularly don't like in at this time of everybody's got to follow these rules and these rules, and, you know, they're, they're, every time you, you wake up in the morning, you go outside you do anything. There are rules you have to follow. You've got to wear a mask. You've got to, you know, sort of check in here. You've got to, you know, we are living in a society that is more regulated than anything any of us can remember. Um, and yet we had a prime minister who was basically say, saying, yes, I know there's one rule for you, but then there's another rule for me. And this really infuriates people. And I think, you know, it, it was pretty obvious uh, last week that the reaction throughout Australia was one of outrage towards the Prime Minister. So I found it a bit strange that Anthony Albanese didn't join the pylon. Maybe it was, as you say, that he wanted to stay above the fray. Okay, fine. If he wants to do that, that there's, there's nothing wrong with that. However, he will get a bit of pushback from a certain section of the population who will say, oh, you're just backing in one of your political mates, you know, and, and it becomes sort of a question of, you know, all of the politicians, they like to keep it so that they get a special, they get special treatment. Mm. So, so if if that's the case, then then it didn't work for Anthony Albanese. Now, now maybe there was something else. Maybe there were other other things we don't know about. Uh, I've tried to find out, um, and I can't quite uh, get to the bottom of it. Um, I would have thought that Anthony Albanese, who uh, really needs to make his presence felt in the mind minds of uh, voters. Uh, should have gone out and, and taken a stand and said, hang on, this is wrong. 
Yes, I mean, there, there is an argument within the, the or debate within the party over negativity. They don't want to seem too negative coming. Look, we're, essentially, we're in an election year at the moment. So they don't want the Labor opposition to, to appear to be too negative. They want to accentuate the positives if they can. But that still doesn't explain why he didn't, you know, at least, uh, you know, roll his eyes over Scott Morrison's... Uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 flights, but the, he might have had some other things on his mind. For example, his old mate Joel Fitzgibbon, who has announced that he won't be standing at the next election. Uh, coincidentally, Joel will turn 60 next January, so maybe he thinks it's a good time uh, to leave so he can uh, corner a job in the private sector post-politics. He has been around for quite a while. But in the latter part of his career, he's been having a bit of a blue with Anthony Albanese and warning that Labor could lose the seat of Hunter, which he holds at the moment, at the next election. Possibly even, and and uh, some daredevils are suggesting this, even to One Nation. Um, Joel says that uh, Albo has taken the Labor Party back to the centre. Um presumably on the issue of climate change and uh, the, the fate of the coal industry in the Hunter. Uh, I'm not too sure that the, the Labor Party has gone back to the centre or moved anywhere. Uh, have you perceived any uh, mobility of, uh, of Labor policy? Not really. I mean, you know, there, there, there is a bit of, um, you know, sort of free riding that, that a Occurs on on the environmental left of the party. The the those who promote a pretty activist environmental stand uh, get a lot of leeway, um, more more leeway than those who uh, back in uh, people who work with their hands and drive those incredibly threatening uh, large utes around the place. Um, <laughs> Um, so, you know, that is sort of one argument. But in terms of policy, in terms of presenting a policy to the public, no. The, the Anthony Albanese, I think, has always sort of aimed for the centre ground and he's, he's, he's hit it more often than not and he's stuck to it. Um, so, you know, I, I think that uh, if I may be a bit cynical... I think a lot of the protests that were coming from Joel Fitzgibbon uh, were, were more attention-seeking and um, uh, him trying to boost his own position one way or the other than they were about a real problem within the Labor Party's overall philosophical direction. Um, you know, what the consequences are, we'll have to wait and see. I know one thing for sure, and that is that One Nation won't win the seat of Hunter. Um, the coalition think that without um, Joel Fitzgibbon there, that they've got a very good chance. Uh, it, it'll be interesting if 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 um, Scott Morrison is uh, on the nose in New South Wales as much as some people suggest he is. Uh, then I think they're going to have a, have a bit of trouble. Um, I think there'll be a move to run the coal miner, coal, coal miner uh, chap who, who ran in the state 
by-election yeah. in the upper in the upper hunter. I, I think he'll get a, a big push. Um, and I'm told he's a very good candidate. So we'll have to wait and see. But you know, uh, um, I think Joel is smart enough uh, and has enough affection for the Labor Party uh, to leave it in in lead the seat in a, in a in a in a place where the Labor Party has, has got a pretty good chance of hanging on. Just uh, by the by, I thought um, uh, Albo's uh, statement, and he did it in an op-ed uh, as well, saying that our um, climate change interests uh, uh, lie parallel with those of the United States and uh, essentially saying, you know, don't call me some sort of uh, crazy radical, I'm just doing what our most important uh, security partner wants to do in, in advancing um, efforts to control climate change. Uh, that, that was uh, sort of centrist, but I, I thought it was rather clever. How can you attack someone for, um, well, certainly from a conservative point of view, how can you attack Labor for doing what uh, the United States might be doing? Now, you mentioned you mentioned the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, and we, and we can't help it. We've got to... This bloke is just uh, sensational. Uh, you might remember back in February, he was he he was promising that uh, Australians would be vaccinated by October. We came up to October. Then, then he said, "Well, no, uh, Australians would you know, most Australians would have at least their first vaccination by October." So, oh no, wait a minute! I'm talking about the end of October. Now. Uh, this was all rubbish because he must have known back in February that he didn't have access to the vaccines with which to do this. Uh, and, and yet he kept making all these uh, vast promises. And we've got to the position now where he's been scrounging around uh, wherever he can to try and get some uh, vaccines of all sorts. Um, when he does get some, he announces it uh, grandly as as a victory uh, by him. When he when the Moderna stuff was uh, uh, given to Australia, uh, he didn't even bother to tell the premiers about it uh, before making a public statement on it. Um, but uh, this guy talks malarkey by the meter, uh, and surely voters are picking up on that, aren't they? Oh yeah, they are. Um, you know. Uh, Someone told me that uh, in some focus groups that were done uh, in Sydney and Melbourne recently, they were asked, um, you know, sort of, what do you associate most with Scott Morrison? And the answer was bullshit. Another person who, 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 who does uh, some market research, uh, I, I asked him, he does it for some big corporate clients in New South Wales. And, and I asked him, I said, um, you know, sort of what sort of message are you uh, telling your clients uh, about the standing of the Prime Minister? And and um, and he said, uh, people are... Uh, so, sorry, sorry, I had a phone call then. If you start, oh, if you start at uh, what message are you telling your clients? Yeah, I, so I, I, I asked um, what message are you telling your clients um, uh, about the standing of the Prime Minister? And uh, this guy said to me, he said, well, uh, I'm saying that the voters reckon um, we're, we've, we're no longer going to give you the benefit of the, of the doubt. We've done it 
one time too many. And if you uh, fail us again, uh, then um, you know, we'll give up on you. And he said in some parts, uh, and he, he mentioned in particular Victoria and WA, uh, he said that um, uh, the, the voters had already given up on the Prime Minister. So uh, mm. it's, going to be, it's going to be an in- interesting election. I think the, the Prime Minister's standing, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's taken a, a sort of a, you know, I, I, I sort of described it as being a bit like sort of the price of Bitcoin you know, it sort of went rocketing up last year and then sort of came down at the, the, uh, uh, at the start of this year, plateaued a bit, and now it's on the way down again. Um, you know, sort of, uh, he, he's, uh, he, he tends to make the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, you know, he, he tells lies, he shifts blame, he refuses to take responsibility, I mean, all, all of the same things uh, turn up in his behaviour over and over again. This guy is not going to change. And I think that uh, that suggests, um, you know, if there's one big crisis uh, left in this political game between now and the election, uh, he could uh, come completely asunder. And uh, he maintains, I mean, part of his consistency is he, he maintains his evasion of accountability. There was a there was a press conference last week where, where this was stunningly outlined. A, a, a journalist asked him, "But was Greg Hunt right not to take the meetings with the global executives of Pfizer in June or July last year?" And Scott Morrison replied, "Well, I'll let others make those judgments. He's the friggin' prime minister, and <laughs> I mean." Truly, as if, uh, you know, look, I'm just a, a bystander here. But you, you're right, there's a, there's a growing and accumulating uh, body of, uh, of uh, well, I guess you would say just opinion uh, among voters that um, this bloke uh, will, will say anything and uh, not quite do what he promises. Um, uh, and, and at the moment, he's, uh, he's, he, he's sitting... Uh, He's sitting on a footpath, the, the, the uh, global footpath, uh, cross-legged with a sign saying, you know, we'll bullshit for vaccines, uh, hoping that someone, <laughs> hoping someone will come up with enough for him. Um, mm. Now, he, he hasn't run out of slogans, which we, we consistently say is uh, uh, one of the elements of his, uh, of his career. And, and he went through, what was it, the, the Heroes of Hindsight or whatever it is? The hindsight heroes. Yeah, they're, they're, this is his latest, uh, his latest attempt to sort of brush off questions. Um, you know, he, he's tried everything. You know, from Canberra bubble to on water matters to whatever. You know, sort of. If you go through his career, uh, at at any point where there are difficult questions or questions he doesn't want to answer, he will come up with a pithy little saying. And his new one, uh, which he's come up with in just the last few days, uh, when uh, he was asked, how can you explain why your government um, uh, brushed off the Pfizer executives who wanted to sell you millions of doses of, of vaccine? And he said, oh, look, you know, sort of it's easy to be hindsight heroes. Uh, and, you know, sure enough, the next day he, he came out and, and as soon as he got a question, 
that he didn't like, he said, oh, well, I'll leave that to the hindsight heroes. Ha, 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 aren't I clever? Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. Wink, wink, no judge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, it's a, uh, it, talking about uh, slogans, and uh, look, this is just something I, I'm mentioning uh, while we're here. I, I am still furious over the job keeper uh, oversupply of dough to companies that won't need it. And there's a classic example of the Prime Minister Morrison uh, coming up with what he thinks is a nifty phrase to uh, to dodge accountability. It's again back in uh, uh, back in February when uh, uh, Mark Riley from the Seven Network said to him that the, the companies that took billions or tens of millions of dollars from taxpayers for JobKeeper and then funneled it through to executive bonuses and dividends should they pay the money back. And um, the Prime Minister said, I'm not in the politics of envy, Mark. I'll leave that to my opponents. I mean, what a miserable and sad and pathetic uh, you know, uh, dodging of, of uh, responsibility. I, uh, can, I don't know. Can I, can, I, can I infuriate you a little more on, on that JobKeeper uh, uh, scam um, I mean, not all of it was a scam. Let's let's no, let's, no. Let, let's acknowledge that a lot of that money was needed and was used uh, to keep businesses afloat and to keep people uh, attached to their employers and uh, and receiving uh, money to 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 live on. Mm. However, um, up here in Queensland, do you know who one of the beneficiaries was of the JobKeeper uh, money? Oh, don't, was, tell me, don't tell me the Liberal Party or whatever. Yes, it was the Queensland branch of the LMP. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was joking. I thought, oh, that'd be smart. In, really? Yes, in in uh, in 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 uh, uh, details released uh, just recently, they turned up in ATO um, um, ATO uh, uh, data. That showed that the Queensland branch of the uh, LMP or the Queensland LMP received JobKeeper. We don't know how much, and they, they're refusing to say how much. Um, uh, but they said that there was a need to keep people employed. Uh, I could be really cynical and point out that uh, last year was a um, uh, a state election year up here, so they did need people employed. Okay. Oh, God bless them. Well, look. I mean, <laughs> so, so anyway, you get the prize because you guessed who it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I was being smart, alecky. But anyway, you, you, it, it, you know, it never fails when you exaggerate in uh, in this political climate. All right, and we'll continue our exaggerations uh, next week. And in the meantime, it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from me. And look, I'm sorry that we haven't got around to letters. Uh, emails and so on. Uh, we, it's it's been just uh, a bit hard for us, mainly or hard for me. Um, uh, I'm going to fix that over the next week or so, and uh, we'll have a special extended letters <laughs> section.